Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 535 of the Drug Tester Podcast. As always, I'm Tyler, and join me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh man, I'll tell you what, after tonight, after watching the Royal Rumble, I'm actually feeling pretty good right now. Obviously, I had to make a couple things of coffee in yep. order to try to get things going, yeah. so I'm like... <sighs> yeah, it's good. Looks like a cup of joe. Yeah, I know, right? That's going. Yeah. Can't, yep. It's dangerous. Can't, don't go alone. Drink this. Yes, it's uh, the Zelda <laughs> NES one but, for, uh, for audio listeners. Yes, yes. I was just showing Tyler my uh, I know coffee mug that I had actually picked up at Ross like weeks back, and I'm like, oh, I can actually drink this during the recording. And but, uh, other than that, man, yeah, Royal Rumble was absolutely fantastic. Loved it from start to finish. But... Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, work stuff's been going all right, even though there were some crazy moments going through there. But, you know, it's just it's just a bunch of the same old, same old crap that keeps happening in regards to, like, uh, it being close to a full moon and, like, all the craziness of the junkies and all this other shit that's going around the neighborhood. <laughs> but I'm doing all right. How about yourself, Tyler? Doing okay as well. You know, I also had to make some coffee. I made uh, some after... Uh... The uh, second and third match of the Royal Rumble. Uh, there's nothing better when when wrestling is good. Like great wrestling is like peak everything, mm-hmm. um, and f- as far as entertainment goes. But the worst thing <laughs> for r- boring wrestling maybe is the worst thing in all the entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And we had the uh, the uh, both sides of the equation on this one. Sorry, it's a little. It's like twelve fifteen uh, now. We just start recording and. Uh, yeah, so I'm a little tired, but I, I made three cups because otherwise I was not gonna make it. I feel like almost like um, I'm midday into extra life right now. <laughs> like that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at, where it's like you're like you're hitting that mid that midnight oil, uh, where like you, you drink some caffeine, but it's uh still pretty tired. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, it's a uh, it's been a been a long week, but uh, we are here. It's the weekend. We had a, you know overall the world was really good. It's it's always I think it's most wrestling fans favorite show of the year and uh man there's been it, it sucks when it's bad um like last year's was awful uh this year's was maybe one of the best ones i would say um i agree you know for, for as far as like the, the the big matches um so that that was cool um doing that obviously and we had a uh, cody winning the, the rumble uh Rhea winning the rumble and then uh sammy finally turning on roman so that was pretty fucking sweet um, but Gables, you know what else is pretty fucking sweet? What? Look at this bitch right here. Find, Find your, your fight. fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, more spoken cards, man. I haven't opened these yet. I've, I've been waiting. So for audio listeners, I apologize. Uh, the pre-order bonus for for spoken. Uh, they they give us cards. Uh, they give you trading cards. Oh wait, what the fuck are these? Uh, oh, it's an NFT, Gables. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be fucking funny though. If it was. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's like somehow, going through the fucking like NFT. Shit. Somehow I lost money in this equation. Uh, but um, what the fuck are these? These are like these are like, thick though. I mean, these are pretty salt. These are pretty thick cards. I got um, Frey. Sure, it's not. A- you sure it's not like a hotel card? Here you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe it is. I gotta like find the uh, the room. I got cuff. There's literally a trading card for the cuff. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> and, go. Then I'm assuming that's the villain. 
Tanta? Tanta Sila? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, I got some cards, and I guess it looks like there's some stands here to put the cards on. So I got those. That's pretty exciting, Gables. Um, okay. So a pretty exciting purchase overall. I've yet to play the game, though. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm i saving. I got um, not this week, but next week. I am on vacation for the week. Um, there you go. And, you know, with my work, we got to, like, book all our vacation a year in advance. So I don't got anything to do. It's fucking cold as shit. So, it's, it's you know, it's winter in Iowa. Uh, so, um I'm saving stuff up, so I got I got that. Uh, but I also made another purchase though. I on I went yeah. Friday and I got picked up my copy of Dead Space. So there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I got the number one and number two game of the year. Who's to say number one is though? Um, you'll never know. <laughs> you'll find out uh, in December. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right though. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm 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 sure I wake up a little bit here. Maybe it is because I, I am on my this is my second or third second or third beer. So I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than that, I'm doing okay. Uh, but Gables, we are not yeah. here to talk about Force, but well, we're kind of here to talk about like, Force Spoken, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> we're not here to talk about the Rumble and what the fuck's going on, weird shit I got from GameStop. Um, we're here to talk about video games. Uh, before yes. we do that, um, if you if you're liking this, you're enjoying this, uh, please you know look down the description down below, see links to all of our socials. Uh, we're pods, we're we're available. We're all podcasts are available. Um, or on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, hit hit that like button. It's over there by Gable's Junk Area. It makes them happy if you hit that button. Uh, if you're on Apple or Spotify or wherever, hit the you know, give us a five star. Leave us a comment. Uh, share with your friends. If you see like Twitter or Facebook, you see us on there. Like us, follow us on there, um, and retweet, shares, likes, all that. The more you guys do that, the more it helps us out. We would appreciate it if you did that for us. Um, but Gables, mm-hmm. should we get into the news? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do it, Gables. All right, so. Pretty big week. We've had a pretty good good start to the year, I would say. Um, this week we had the Xbox and Bethesda developer direct. Um, I did a live reacts to it on Wednesday, so that was pretty fun. It was about forty three minutes, I believe, was the show length of it. Is what they said. Yes. I was only supposed to announce four games, well, they announced five, so that was pretty cool. Um, but we, you know, the big thing I, I said going into it was like we just need dates at this point. You know, no more, you know, like coming soons or give us like, hey, it's spring or first half of the year. Like we start, we need to start seeing some dates here and start seeing like concrete evidence of like this shit's like, this isn't like a, um, what the fuck's that fucking PlayStation game that was fake. Um, everybody thought it was the K- K- Kojima game. Oh, well, I think I understand which, yeah. which one you were talking God about. God damn it. I, I, yeah. Anyways, that game, uh, that was not real. Um, but uh, anyways, we, we that actually happened, Gables. Uh, I'm just gonna go and we'll just go in reverse order here. Uh, I'm not really reverse order. I'm just gonna start. I'm, I'm using the IGN article here, and they didn't put it in order of the show. But uh, starting off here, Redfall, uh, the the co-op vampire shooter uh, from Arcane Austin, uh, is coming May second. With that date leaked, um, probably about a month ago. It's been rumored for a while. It's gonna be in May. Um, but uh, that 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 date leaked a little while back, and it confirmed to be the case uh some of the the dates actually leaked before the show um and the shadow drop game also the the title of the game leaked before the show as well so um but we've got about maybe about eight ten minutes of gameplay uh, jumping around we got to see like the hive mind we got to see like the, um some of the open world stuff and they were showing off like, like the safe houses and everything like that um kind of showed like hey it's single player but it's also you can play up to four people uh, you can take on um situations in multiple ways kind of like you would expect from an arcane game looking at like dishonored and death loop um but 
I don't give us about you, but I feel like I came away with more questions than answers after this. Yep. And I feel like every time I see that game, I have more questions than answers. And not, it's not inherently negative, but I'm just like, I don't know, maybe if you feel the same way, Gables, but I'm like, what is this game exactly still? I don't know. How, how, are, you, how are you feeling after looking at Redfall here? After seeing the footage of Redfall over this past week, I feel like that there's a couple different things that kind of muddy the whole presentation on what they were doing. One is the focus upon what the game is exactly. That was partially what I was thinking of because for one point, it seems like something from the mid to late 2000s in regards to the overall the overall first-person shooter style, that kind of squad-based sort of thing, yeah. kind of like how with uh, Left 4 Dead, that's obviously type of thing. I know they were going forth, that Arcane Studios is going forth and trying to make it seem like it's sort of, some aspects of it kind of remind me a little bit of Dishonored and stuff yeah. like that. In terms well, of they specifically said the it's, more like, it's more like Far Cry, they specifically exampled Far Cry 2. Far Cry 2. Well, that's that's not... Honestly, if you are going to model anything in regards to any type of Far Cry game and stuff, I probably wouldn't have modeled it after Far Cry 2. Well, more of like the systems of the game than you know the well, actual quality yeah. of the game. But yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't think we're going to get malaria. At least hopefully not. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> but when I think of the structure of Far Cry 2 and stuff, if we're, if we're just talking about the overall, like... Uh, the overall, like things like the menus or like all the other type of structures from that game. I mean, I could see it somewhat, but uh, another question that arised from looking at the gameplay in and of itself is like, is it supposed to be like, just say a open world style game? And then they just said open world. Each one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Open world game. Okay. So we just have the initial spots, like the initial what five spots or something like that, or, more it yeah. just seemed like to me it's like they have these five major territories you got to capture from these warlords but essentially in order to free up things to get to just try to contribute to get to the last big boss or something like that after but uh, other than that though it seems like it looks okay but at, at the same point you know it's like I, I really feel like that the way the game's been presented it definitely feels like it's trying to do too much in some aspects. Like it doesn't have a concrete identity of what is this game. It's a lot of hodgepodge of a lot of other ideas from previous games that we've really liked, like say Left 4 Dead, games from the Far Cry series. I mean, obviously there were elements of it that kind of reminded me of like uh, God, certain open world games Borderlands? of my Far Cry. Sometimes maybe like Borderlands, but not so loot heavy with it. Well, we saw like the loot, and they had the color loot, and they had like the, all the wet of like the the numbers and shit like that. So I mean, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, I could see the comparison to say like Borderlands in that aspect. But yeah, it it feels like that it's trying to do a lot, but it doesn't sell inside of one key area, sort of say. It's like a jack of all trades, but master of none, sort of philosophy of it. Mm. But that's what I kind of felt with that, though. What were your thoughts initially with Redfall? Uh, um, like I said, I'm still kind of like I like I have more questions I think than answers coming out of yeah. this. You know, where like yeah, like you know, I mentioned Borderlands. I kind of got like okay, it looks like Borderlands, but I still kind of get the Left 4 Dead vibe. But they're, they've been fighting off for like 
two years now, a year and a half, two, two, mm-hmm. yeah, two years now. It's been two years since they showed that game off. Um, and so I get those vibes and they like show like the hive thing. Um, like, like that looks, is that like a raid type of thing? They said single player, but like, is that kind of like, you know, like you go underground and you got to fight then there's like the vampire gods you got to go and kill and you got to like collect the skulls or whatever to go and like fight the big, you know, to like big gods at the end or whatever. Um, I, I would just like, I think more than anything, like, cause the big thing of this one is they kept like jump cutting, like jump cutting to different things. And like, they would show like the map, but it wouldn't like show like the overworld map. It would just show like like an arrow moving to this location, you know, instead of like, and it was like, all right, we're going to cut to this spot now. So it was a lot of jump cuts to different interactions, different things. So it's like, I would like to see yeah. like 25, 30 minutes of just like what you do, like uncut, just walking around. Like, is this open world or is this like open areas? You know, kind of, kind of like we, th- we talk about like Pokemon Legends Arceus. They, they talk about that being like, it's an open world game, but really it was just like, there's five air, like big areas that you can roam around in. Um, absolutely. That's like, I feel like that they should have done in that aspect of having like a solid 25, maybe 30 minutes or so. Yeah. I mean, maybe not here, uh, but like maybe like after the show or something like, cause they did like after the show, they did like an elder, uh, elder scrolls online thing. Um, but like, yeah, like I would like yeah. maybe on its own, just like, Hey, here's a, we're gonna do a 20 minute presentation. It's just like, here's what you do moment to moment. I want to know what the moment to moment stuff for this game is like, they have like the safe houses. Well, I mean, like, are like safe houses as in like left for dead safe houses or like safe houses like in like division or in like destiny where like after the mission you go back to like the the main like hub area and then like you go around you get all the loot you you sell stuff you trade stuff in like you get new missions like yeah like that's the kind of stuff i'm like all right what what are we doing like in between stuff like are we are we is it open world like we're walking around and doing shit or is this like like what are, like that's that's what i mean like i want to know like I said, what are we doing moment to moment? Not just like jump cutting to like, you know, like boss battles and like run around with your four friends. And like, I do like when they showed off, like you going down the stairs and you have like a pistol, like a silenced pistol. And then like you could, uh, yeah. then you have like the little ghost, like or the little robot dog thing that would go and like distract enemies and you can kill them. And I like the idea of like, there are like humans that basically work for the vampires. So they won't kill them. Like that's a yeah. cool concept. Actually. I like that. Um, so I, w- I would like, I don't, I think this game is still gonna be very good because I think arcane makes pretty much only makes really good games. Um, but it just, that's my thing is like, is this like, a, is like I said, I just want to know like how games of service is this and how, or is it like, am I just looking at it totally wrong? Am I just being like a kind of a pessimistic, uh, gamer here where I'm just like, finding negatives where there are none um but like yeah like i said i just want to i just want like a full blowout like thing for this like you know this was like i said this is a 10 minute thing uh i overall i liked the show a lot um but i just that's the one game like uh and i'm happy this got like its own time but like i would just like to see um more from it you know like i said just right no i don't need like two hours just give me like hey here's how it works we're just going to show you here's 30 minutes uncut playable features i want to see like what is a safe house what are we doing at these safe houses um you know or like are we going back to areas or is this like is this fully open world or is this like open areas stuff like that that's what i want to know but I, i'm still like it's coming to game pass so i'm gonna play it you know may 2nd um but you, the thing is though may 2nd you got 10 days um with me because <laughs> 10 days later um we got zelda so 
uh, you got yep. 10 days to hook me or, you know, I've been like, not just me, a lot of people. Um, so <laughs> yeah, cause you're going to get buried. Yeah. So, I mean, once that one, I mean, yeah, once the, I don't know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just curious, but, uh, we can talk about that a little bit more later. Next up here, we have Minecraft legends. Um, that is a PV, uh, it's PVP. They show off a bunch of that. It's like the, it's like a, um, what it, what, I don't know what, like a strategy, like a strategy PVP game. Um, kind of like a command and conquer almost style game. Uh, but they've got a release date for that. They showed, they announced this last, uh, E3 or not E3, whatever games is, what the fuck's that thing? Uh, the, the Jeff Keighley thing in, in summer game fest. They announced it there last year. Yeah. Um, got a release date, April 18th. Did showed a bunch of gameplay for this PVP. I think it's four V four. Uh, with like, you can, every, every world is different. You got to build and, uh, you know, attack other people and take over shit. So I don't know. Um, not a game for me. Uh, I've never played a second of Minecraft ever. Uh, the Minecraft dungeon games always look kind of cool. Like, I think I can actually I probably have a decent time with those. Uh, but I don't know. Was this doing anything for you? Honestly, from looking at the gameplay and looking at some of the other spots of it, it's like, it gave me the impression of, yeah, this is really isn't my kind of game. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I delved in maybe a couple of different details and regarding the game, but I overall kind of felt the same about it to where, okay, it's Minecraft. It's all right. But at the same point, it's like, I really don't have any interest. And unfortunately I don't have too much of an opinion whether or not, if I would like to play that or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's the genre of it's the type of game that we're, it's, we're not into the, the IP and we're not really into those type of games. So, it's gonna be kind of makes it double yeah. hard for us to really uh, get too excited. But that, I mean, I imagine that game's probably gonna be super popular because it's, you know, if they, if they, yeah. if they I mean, they typically those like said the Minecraft dungeon games re- review really well and um, people really seem to, people do, really yes. seem to like those. So they can do that again with uh, with, with this. I mean, good for them. Uh, Forza Motorsports, um, a lot of a lot of car stuff. Uh, they said a lot, but didn't really say a lot either. Like, um, nope. Like, but I think it's just kind of the things that, you know, I, I, this is one of those things wherever like Forza or even like Gran Turismo and shit, like a lot of times these games show up, there just like, these games are like hardcore for car people. Like this, this for them, mm-hmm. these are simulation racing games, uh, games. These are like, there is a huge audience for these games. Um, but they, they kind of talk about like, the, there's going to be a, uh, a bigger, they're doing a more work on the single player aspect of things. Cause I seem like, I guess like. From what I understand, like the last three, they did not have a good. For people that are like mostly play single player, there wasn't a good hook to keep playing the game. And um, I guess Grand Turismo Seven, despite the issues with like uh, the microtransactions, like there was actually like a really good hook there for the single player stuff and a good reason for people to come back. Um, so I'm curious because like that's probably primarily what I'm gonna be playing. Like um, I think it'd be fun if like they had the drive guitar stuff. Like I love like Horizon. I know like initially Motorsports had it first. Uh, but I, like I, I like I like the drive guitar stuff of like, you know, it just kind of uses your friends kind of how they drive and actually you you play them in your game, um, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just kind of curious what that is because I mean like, coming to Game Pass, so of course I'm gonna try it. Um, kind of I mean these things are for, these are showpiece games, uh, so they talk a lot about like it's gonna have uh, ray tracing and 4K 60 frames per second. I imagine that's for the Series X though, uh, not for my Series S. Um, <laughs> they said there will be over 500 cars uh, at the um, at launch, uh, with over 100 new ones uh, to the game, and then they're gonna I'll probably add stuff later on as well. But no release date. Um, initially, you know, this game was supposed to be spring 2023. 
there's been some um, rumors, murmurs, really not so much rumors, but like people have been hearing uh, mixed things from people saying that this game is probably going to be quarter three, which would be, you know, what well, I guess it'd be July, August, September in that area. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, does it do anything for you, Gibbles? Honestly, the honestly, Forza Motorsports, yeah, it's always looked like a fun game. I'm not too much of a hardcore driving simulator person. I mean, I really love the arcade style of racing games. I also really loved the Forza Horizon series because those were mm-hmm. fun open world sort of drive fests to where you could just screw around inside of an open area and stuff and just have a lot of fun, wreck a lot of yeah. havoc and stuff, get chased by people or you just chasing different things to racing an airplane secure different cars and stuff but as far as this game concern is i i don't care what else they talk about in regards to this game they had they have to have a concrete release yeah. date at this point because they've initially went through their spin their spiel with it they've introduced the game there's more footage about what we see which is kind of like what they've done in years past to where oh okay there's this looking car that's looking like this it's a good show piece and stuff you always know whenever you always know in video games whenever like they show like some sort of car game or someone that they try to make the appeal of it oh this this cannot look any better unless you play it on this system you know and then you have all these like luxurious cars and stuff like that and this and that but uh in regards to the whole Forza Motorsports stuff, I mean, I, I would, I would just guess that we're probably going to hear the release date of it probably around time of June, around the E three or like the Summer Games yeah. Fest time. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense with that, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it just releases in fall because just to space things out in regards to what other major releases are going to be happening during the summer months. Yeah. Especially with. Uh, <laughs> with Zelda. True. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you look at, like, the first half of the year for just Xbox, where, you know, we, we got, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about next year, Hi-Fi Rush, out now, uh, April, mm-hmm. we got uh, Minecraft, May, we got Redfall, June, there's the Elder Scrolls, which I know isn't for everybody, but that's still a big deal for a lot of people. Um, that's a pretty solid, you know, first half of the year, and then it's like, it, it, it's not a bad thing. I'm obviously, you know, delay as a gamer is like, yeah, you always want to play the game, but obviously you want the games to come out and be good. Uh, so like, yeah. yeah, like if the games get delayed, that's fine. But it's, it's weird. Like in this event, like you don't say something or like, maybe you don't want to say it in this cause you don't want to put a downer in like this fun hype event. Uh, but like maybe like later on, like, it just felt like a, like kind of like a shadow delay. Um, where like and they, I think if it's gonna get delayed and maybe they just don't know maybe they still think it could be June, uh but like I feel like this you know if like I if if it's not gonna be out in the first half of the year you gotta say something about it before you know the the game the the press conference in June because I mean this is a game that they're gonna want a bigger marketing for because these games still sell extremely well uh, and Forza Horizon Five. Even though it was on Game Pass yeah. Day One, was still one of the top twenty selling games of the year in twenty twenty one. Despite that, because they have like they do the big like hundred dollar bundles that come with all the bunch of extra shit, and you get the game three days early. Um, and that, you know, I bet this can be the same thing for this game. Like, there's a huge audience for that stuff. It's because people were talking about like, oh, maybe shadow dropping, and I'm like, you no, like these games are huge sellers. Um, despite being on Game Pass, so I, I don't see that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Like I said, like if 
it gets delayed, it gets delayed, it's whatever. Um, Starfield gets delayed, it gets delayed, it's whatever. I mean, um, and like, yeah, if they don't, if they're looking at the second half of their year, and it's like, we don't want to go another holiday with nothing, and we don't want to rush something out to just fill a date, and then the game, like, we get another Halo Infinite situation here. Like, if Hellblade isn't ready, or, I mean, we, I doubt Fable is anywhere near ready, um, but like, if nothing, like, coming, like, you know, the next Coalition game isn't ready, um, you know, and that's the coalition game is supposed to be a small game too, so it's not even a big deal. Or it's not to say it's not a big deal, but it's not like it's not the name. It's not Gear Six. Um, so, yeah, maybe like, hey, let's delay it. You know, I'm sure these ta- these teams can always use more time, and maybe they actually do need more time. It's like, let's fill out. You know, yeah, let's put fucking. I mean, we see you can put games out whenever now, and they'll sell. Uh, you know, put, you know, yeah, put fucking. Forza in late summer, September or whatever, and then put Starfield in. Do 11-11-23. Just do it a year later. Uh, and you know what? As long as the game comes out and it's good, people won't care. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's move on to the, I think, the game that stole the show for everybody. This was a game that, like I said, Tingle Gameworks, uh, this game kind of was like being talked about a couple days ahead of time. The, the Hi-Fi Rush was the, the name we kept hearing. And there was some like some smaller some stuff about it was a smaller game, and there were some uh, murmurs out there about uh, with, with Jet Set Radio stuff and um, things like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, so the, the trailer started off. It's, it's very anime. Uh, it's a rhythm. Some what was someone said it's DMC to the beat, Devil May Cry to the beat. Uh, the the best analogy I heard was Elite Beat 'Em Up Agents, uh, which was very good. <laughs> um, I, I kind of have I kind of think of it as a mix between Devil May Cry and Kataro man because it's like you basically have like the Devil May Cry sort of gameplay and action elements and stuff but you also have like the rhythm based sort of like precision timing of the beats and stuff but yeah yeah um admittedly when it like it started off um and they did like the whole like um you know record scratch yeah that's me I guess, I guess you're wondering how I got here I'm like Wow, we're still doing this in 2023. Um, uh, and I was like, oh no. And then they started just, like showing it, like they, when they started showing more gameplay and showing like the music. I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I, I think me, just like probably everybody else, had that same moment of like, oh god, that record scratch. Oh no, this is gonna be bad. And then like by the end of that, we're like blown away. Can't wait to play this. And not only this is the studio that made Evil Within One and Two and Ghostwire in Tokyo, like. Two of those three games I love. Uh, Ghost Warrior Tokyo is the most seven out of seven I've ever played. It is the perfect seven out of ten, uh, seven out of ten game ever made. Um, but uh, th- that studio made this game, uh, and not only mm. announced it, the game looks amazing. Apparently, it is amazing. I'm yet to play it. I, I'm, you know, it's, I'm, once again saving that for my vacation uh, next week. Um, but. Uh, to like and then also on top of that to announce later today and it's well later today on Wednesday and it was out within like an hour of the after the event um just huge I, mean, I think this is like uh people were saying like this is a great game this is like maybe this game is hard to market and it's like one of those things where it's like it, it's getting kind of get kicked a little bit because like oh Xbox finally putting a game out but oh it's just a smaller rhythm action game whatever and we all kind of downplay it um so I think this coming out having a like badass fucking trailer for this game and then hey it's out in like an hour play it on game pass um 
Yeah, I'm blown away. I can't wait to play this. I got it downloaded. Um, but I mean, it looks. I, I thought it looks fantastic. You got the black keys in there as well. It's black keys, top three favorite bands. Uh, so I'm all in. What about you, Gibbles? Absolutely, this was a shock. Obviously, when it came to <laughs> the makers here for like the Evil Within one and two, plus like Ghostwire Tokyo and stuff, it's like <sighs> seeing this coming out from them. This is entirely out of left field yeah. for them. I mean, this is this is something entirely different. They're more akin to make putting out like horror, survival horror style like games or just horror themed games, and all of a sudden you have this bright, colorful like like uh, anime inspired like it's pretty much like the like japan's version of like an americanized sort of like anime sort of like cartoon in this card is this sort of satan you know it's like uh but i do like about it i love the visual style from the gameplay that i've watched not just from the initial the initial conference from microsoft though but from other gamers playing it like say maximilian dude from time to, from a little bit this past week and like from like uh, Bob Wolf, like from YouTube and Twitch and stuff, it looks absolutely fun. It looks absolutely has like it looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, the pacing of it seems fine. The whole element of the game itself feels not feels, but it looks like it's entirely smooth. You cannot hardly see any type of hiccups. Everything in this game matches with the beat inside yeah. of what the music and stuff, everything ties into the music. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I cannot remember a game being announced and then released that same day in the span of like a major conference like this. Another thing that's cool about this game, it's, it's cheaper than the normal it's 30 like, bucks. Uh, full on. Yeah. It's 30 bucks. Yeah. That is a appealing price in order to try to delve into something and kind of different in regards to what Microsoft is akin to putting out. Granted, this is sort of like what some people would compare to, like, say, a Sunset Overdrive meets sort of like a Devil May Cry sort of S type of... Yeah, I can see that, yeah. ...somewhat looked like that, but uh, I absolutely love what this game does, and I also love the fact that the English VAs are closely akin to, like, uh, some of the voice actors from the Persona games that uh, I've played, like, Persona 5. Oh, well, and so... I'm going to uninstall the game after this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um that one was the best that announcement plus that reveal was probably the best out of that entire thing because that was a major surprise it was the mystery fifth game out of like the uh four games that we were initially going to yeah. see and honestly it was the sleeper hit of the show yeah i mean i think this being here, I mean, I thought the show overall was very good, and it just kind of flew. Like, even, like yeah, there was a couple of, like, really, I was there for Redfall, uh, like, because Forza, I'm going to definitely try out. Um, you know, I don't, Elder Scrolls Online, I don't think that's not for us. Uh, Minecraft Legends is not really for us. Um, but I think for a lot of people, this was, like, yeah, the show stealer, and also just, like, I don't, like, did not expect it, because they, they said, like, here here's the four games we're focusing on. Um, but yeah, I thought that was awesome. I thought the show as a whole was really good. I was never really bored. Kind of just like that 43 minutes just kind of flew by, even though like they were like sticking with, um, you know, like the, like I said, like five games, in, like 40 minutes, but I, the, the way it was edited and shot, I loved like the developers talking. Like I love like, um, you know, like the, they're doing their own style. Like if they don't want to do a direct, but they want to, they don't want to like full on kind of like how like 
PlayStation and um, EA Play and like Square Enix has basically just copied the the, the Nintendo Direct formula, which copy away because I've been saying for years I love it. Uh, but to like put your own twist on it, I thought I liked this a lot. I felt like the way that they're cutting between like talking to different people, developers on the teams, like I liked that a lot. Um, and then like them giving a chance to talk about what they wanted. It wasn't just sitting down on the couch with like you know with somebody giving them canned questions, like an interviewer inter- you know, giving them a, a canned questions. And then they have the canned response. Like it felt like they were very natural. Like there are the key people working on it. Uh, the guy that there was like in the um, uh, uh, high 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 five rush. Uh, like apparently this was like his passion project. They got to make and they got oh, to wow. make it because of Game Pass. We've we've been hearing that with like you know Grounded and Pentiment that came out finally came out 1.0 last year. Grounded and Pentiment came out like those are passion product projects. And I I can't remember the name the other uh, guy did Pentiment. Um, but he's the guy that directed fallout new vegas um wow he talked about like if it wasn't for game pass pen's been like that's been a project he's been wanting to do for years and if it wasn't for game pass that game never would have happened especially from a big studio from a big company um so it's like yeah like i mean if you want to talk about like w- the goods of game pass not only you know we're getting like these big games day one and like you know obviously indie games stuff like that but like games that couldn't exist before you know, that these big studios wouldn't, like, we're not going to, like, we're Bethesda or we're Xbox. We're not going to do this. Like, those things can exist now. Kind of like Co- Coalition got to do with when they made Gears of War a high buster uh, a couple years ago. Like, th- those things wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Game Pass. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, there's a reason why we call us the best deal in gaming. And it's not just because it's 15 bucks a month and there's a bunch of great games on there. It's like, because, I mean, this is just more, you're adding more fun cool ways to like you know enjoy the service but i thought like i said overall i thought the show itself was really good um i give it like an eight out of ten like even though like yeah like i said like two of the five games are really only like i don't really care about two of the five but i thought over like like i said i watched it live same with you like if i was watching like you know if i was just watching on my couch i definitely would have fast forward through half of that event but like i said i can't wait i was enjoyed by it i thought it was entertaining i liked listening to the developers talk about the games um, they seem genuinely, right. genuinely excited about them. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, eight out of ten. Evils, what about you? Yeah, I kind of felt like that it was a solid experience. You know, obviously, obviously it was sort of hit and miss with me because, like what you were saying and stuff, I only was really interested inside of maybe one or two at most. Yeah. I was obviously high five rush being the uh, most interesting part about it. Then the Forza stuff was okay and stuff. Maybe not so much interested in Redfall and the Minecraft stuff, but I would definitely give that like a solid seven yeah. out of ten. Yeah, so I hope they keep doing keep doing this. Like I I keep saying, like I I like them because like the, the big problem is like they announce they announce a lot of cool stuff at these like the, at the E3 and stuff. Like they have really good press conferences. The last the last three have been amazing. Um, like it's yeah. not just like because for years like the like second half of the Xbox One generation they'd have like good shows, but they were like third party filled shows. It's like, hey, here's Cyberpunk, yep. here's Metro, here's all these games that keep showing off. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, these are coming everywhere, but you just you got you're just showing the trailer at your event, um, which helps, I guess. But it's like these are not first party deals. Um, and the last the last three, they've really focused on, you know, like selling Game Pass, selling the Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought they've done a really good job. They like they they also show off a lot of like, yeah, these games will come to other services, but like, hey, they're coming to Game Pass day one. Like Hollow Knight, replaced, um, uh, Summerville, shit like that. Like these bigger game, bigger indie games. Um, you know, it's like 
the problem is that they show them off and then we don't hear about them until the next E3 or whatever. Uh, maybe there's a, a tw- like I said, there's a tweet or like a blog post, but it's like gamers, like you know, more casual gamers, people that don't listen to podcasts like we do, uh, or read, mm-hmm. you know, go on gaming Twitter or read, actually go on like IGN or GameSpot or watch YouTube shit like that. Like we we pay attention. We know when the shit's like we see that stuff when like the blog post announcements happen. But like day day gamers that just they don't care like that the people that aren't listening to podcasts um they don't know they don't remember those games that get shown off like they just no so like i, I want them to keep doing this like hey here's some reminders uh on some of these like in like yeah if we can get high fi rush if we can get like they do another one and we get dates for like replaced and we get dates for these things are like we, we keep reminding you hey these these smaller games exist uh and just make make it so we can't not think about them uh can't not think about them does that make sense whatever makes sense to me uh, my brain. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little bit of cold. So, uh, and it's, I'm tired, but, uh, yeah, I love this event. I, I like what they're doing here and I hope they keep doing it. Um, but Gables, let's move on. Um, okay. so Neil Druckmann did an interview there day and he kind of, they're, they kind of talk about the future of like what they're going to do next at Naughty Dog. And he talked about, uh, you know, like last of us and stuff like that. And someone brought up the question about uncharted. And he mentioned that um, Naughty Dog is done with Uncharted. Um, so some of the some of the uh, stuff come out of here. He said, "I know there's a bunch of people wondering about Last of Us Part Three and whether uh, that that will be a thing or not. All I could say is, at Naughty Dog, we're very very privileged that our publisher is Sony, which means Sony funds our game, supports us, and we are and we're owned by uh, by Sony. They have supported us every step of the way to follow our passions. Meaning that just because they're uh, something is successful, people will think." There's uh, all this pressure. We have to make a sequel. That's not the case. For us, Uncharted was uh, insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best-selling games. We were able to put our, our final brushstrokes on that story and say that we are done. We're moving on. Um, he said the same. Like, he's like, likewise, Last of Us. Um, it's up to us whether we want to continue or not. Um, he said if there's, a, if, you know, if there's a story they want to tell with Last of Us, uh, they'll do it. If not, they'll move on. Uh, and that's kind of the thing we've always heard. It's kind of like Night Dog can kind of do what they want. Uh, we heard about like the stuff that happened, like the last of us one part one remake where they, uh, Sony or PlayStation created that San Diego visual arts studio. I think is what they're called. And, um, that they were going to do an uncharted remake. And then like, well, no, it'd be like, we just want you guys to like work together, cohesion, make a game, put it out faster. And instead they're like, all right, remake. They were basically told remake last of us. And then, no, I was like, well, no, 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 we'll make, we'll remake that. You guys can help us do it. Um, and there's been some rumors that, like, you know, and initially that that visual art studio was supposed to remake Uncharted or Last of Us and then move on, and that would be like them like put a game out and then you guys move on. Okay, you work together. Now you're gonna make Uncharted. Um, and we've heard some rumors that different studios are potentially working on uh, like Uncharted sequels or we don't prequels, whatever. We just Uncharted the next Uncharted game. Uh, and it sounds like you know. There's been some talks that like maybe Dog will be there to kind of help with like the story and idea stuff like that, but um, they're like very hands off with it. That's kind of the rumors. Take it, you know, take it with a grain of salt, obviously. Um, but I don't know. It was like we've talked about a lot, like you know, like that was, Uncharted Four was your game of the year in 2016. It was my number mm-hmm. two game of the year. Um, I think Uncharted is probably both. If we had a make a top ten list for our favorite franchises, we'd probably both have Uncharted mm-hmm. in that list. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't like. I thought the way Uncharted Four ended, 
was like perfect. Um, yep. But like at the same time, it's like it's still really good. So you want more of it, you know? Uh, even though they nailed the ending. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how how you feel about the fact that you know, like maybe you know, Night Dog, Night Dog apparently is done with it, and Smithers Two is gonna be is potentially being taken over the reins on it. Well, I'm sad that they're going to go away from Uncharted as a series, but at the same time, they left on a high note with Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. At that same point, you know, I mean, you're right when you're recovering in regards to uh, explaining that they pretty much have free reign of what they can go through and do in regards to projects and stuff. And quite honestly, if Uncharted 4 is like the last Uncharted game, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic game absolutely great in a lot of different uh aspects of it but uh yeah you know what i just really am not so inclined to see like another uncharted game done by another company other than like say naughty dog because it i know there are some aspects like maybe some other companies like no some other like development studios that could take on the reign to do that stuff i mean uh, the one I can think of the most, though, is with like Uncharted: Golden Abyss. That one was a fun game. That was I the did play through Days the Gone Studio. Yeah, that was Ben yeah, Studios. Ben, yeah. That with yeah. that was Ben Studios that created that Uncharted game, and that was fairly fun. But in regards to other other developers within Sony, I mean, I pretty much would be sure that there would be at least a few that could make a decent Uncharted game if they chose to. But uh, the overall possibility of it there being like another Uncharted game that not only would come out, but be in that type of echelon to where it'd be as good as, like, say, the four Uncharted games. I mean, it's kind of low, but at the same point, I kind of, I kind of really just feel done with Uncharted right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I mean, I replayed Uncharted four last year, and I did like the PS five upgrade mm-hmm. thing, and I mean, it just fell in love all over again with that franchise uh that the, the theme to that to the franchise uh, is probably top five game themes uh to me um but yeah i mean it's weird because it's it's it's, def- it's always that like it's a thin line that you know fans of you know us fans of things just in general whether it's your fans of, of a band or an athlete or whatever it's like it's kind of like when like an athlete retires when he's like when he's still like really good it's like why are you retiring you're so good and then, you know, they play and then are like, you see an athlete that plays like two years too long and it's just kind of sad. Uh, and it's just like, you know, that, that's kind of like the thin line we're on where like, you know, it's like, it's like Tom Brady retiring last year um, when he like that one of his best years of his career nearly brought his team back, brought his team back from a 24 point deficit in the playoffs. And like he retired and everybody's like, dude, you're, you're like 45 years old and you're still one of the best to do it. And then he came back this year. And it was kind of sad. It was just for, you know, uh, <laughs> even though he played really well, that team was just terrible. And it was his first losing season ever. And it's like, man, maybe you should have just stayed retired. And then also divorced and all that shit. So, uh, but yeah, like it, it's a thin line, you know, fans of things that we live on. Um, where, you know, we, we want you to go out on top, but we don't want to see you go when you're still good. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think another studio can match the gameplay of it. Uh, of the game, but I think the the storytelling and the characters um, is something that I think I don't know how many studios can do that aren't Naughty Dog. You know, like how well they treated them, how you know, like 
and then like the, you know like the the biggest like concern was like you know if they continue on if they go from like where uncharted 4 left off like i mean with with nathan drake um and solely um like or is it a prequel like they've you know like what do we do there like do we play it safe go with the prequel even though like a lot of that there's not really a lot of story left to tell there uh but i don't know like if an uncharted 5 happens you know like will i be there day one most fucking likely yeah i will be uh but yeah like it, it, it would just it would suck to see like i, I don't i don't blame playstation for doing it because it's you know the fans I, there's a lot of fans out there that want it um but yeah i mean it's 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 just a, it's a scary um like i said it's a thin line that we're playing with here and uh most things don't go out like looking great you know you they stay around too long um or they may do they do one too many um and uh, yeah i mean i think i'm trying to forward, like i don't know another game franchise as of right now you know went out on a, went out on a higher note than uncharted 4 um yeah really uh but you know speaking of things that uh went on too long gables it's about far cry mm-hmm. um so apparently <laughs> uh so far cry 7 and far cry as a far cry multiplayer game in development uh the titles were intended initially to be uh one game but separated into yeah. uh to become two separate projects early on in development uh, Far Cry 7 Jeez. is now internally uh, referred to as Project Blackbird, whereas the multiplayer experience is known as Project Maverick. Both uh, projects are believed to be uh, to have heavily involvement from Ubisoft Montreal, which is like probably like their uh, Ubisoft's like 1A development studio. Okay. But I think they're also making the they they got the Prince of Persia game as well. I think I can't remember um, after they got because after mm. it got ripped away from the other studio, like I think they're the ones because they're the ones that initially made the the game, uh, the the original Prince of Persia games. Um, Maverick, which is the multiplayer game, uh, has changed numerous times in the past year or so. However, um, uh, this is from Insider Gaming. Uh, they understand that the game is uh, pitched as being set in the Alaskan wilderness and is currently an extraction-based shooter with mechanics such as permadeath, backpack systems, contracts, and more. Uh, but not, mu- not much is known on the Far Cry 7, the, the single-player game, uh, but could also be set in Alaska as well because, uh, like I said, these were initially supposed to be the same game. Um, and there was a uh, after um, Yves Gamolt, uh after that email came leaked about him saying you know tell the employees it's you guys got like I, I I fucked up you guys gotta fix it basically um, he kind of talked about in this interview about or in the 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 Q and A session that leaked uh, that they were gonna like start doubling down on like their big their big uh, um, IPs like you know like Far Cry and and like uh, uh, Ghost Recon stuff like that so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, here we are. Uh, you know, you like, hey, maybe like you know that kick in the teeth they've had the last few weeks. You would think that like, um, they sort of changed. Obviously, these games have, sounds like these games have been in development for a couple of years now. As of right now, like a soft release window is like fall of 2025. Uh, so these are definitely, you know, like I said, these are nearly three years away at this point. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I mean that that was a big thing that came out of it was like morale was kind of worse after the Q and A session because. They're talking about like you know doubling down on the shit that like they've quite frankly been doubling down on uh, for really the last you know decade. So uh, yeah, like I, I've definitely fallen out after Far Cry Six. Really, Far Cry Five was like after I put like twenty hours into that, and I was like, I'm not really having fun. I stopped and like I went back. To, I I bought Far Cry Six, and I was like, 
give it a shot. You know, Far Cry 5 didn't work for me. Maybe it's the setting that didn't work for me. Uh, and then, you know, playing Far Cry 5, playing like more like six hours of Far Cry 6. I'm like, no, I think I'm just done with Far Cry. Um, I don't know, Gables, how, how, how are we feeling about this one? To be perfectly honest with you, I think that the aspect of exploring like an Alaskan wilderness or something like that does have an interesting appeal to it because of how rural and how much different types of elements could play into yeah. would like a factor into play, especially like the wildlife stuff and everything else. But at the same point, if we're looking at a game that could potentially come out, say like around 2024, maybe 2025. Probably 2026. Yeah, if it's, if it's still that fresh in regards to like um, still being under the development hood and stuff, it just kind of makes me wonder. It's like for Ubisoft and stuff, it's like I... They have to do something in order to have like gamers care enough to go forth and play the style of game because when essentially ever since the success of Far Cry three, every other iteration has tried to build off the success of Far Cry three by making it as much as much like maybe as identical not unlike not one for one identical, but just basically trying to recapture the same thing as Far Cry three over each individual iterations. It doesn't matter whether it was four or primal or Far Cry 5. Blood Dragon. The spinoff for Far Cry. Yeah, or yeah, that game, and also the spinoff for Far Cry 5, oh, and now yeah. Far Cry 6. I forgot 6. about that Far Cry 5 spinoff. The, yeah. yeah. All, new Dawn all of those or games, Yeah, New Dawn. All of those games have one thing in common, in my honest opinion, is all of them are trying to chase after the thunder that was Far Cry 3 when it first released, and all of them have been, in my personal opinion, off the mark in terms of that. Could not get up to that level of excitement that Far Cry 3 did and do that stuff. But even though they do sell, even though they do sell, maybe not as much as what could be if they were to reinvent a lot of the aspects of Far Cry, because here's the thing. I'm not even... I don't even really care if there's like another Far Cry game that's going to be coming out, because... This that series to me has gotten stale. Mm-hmm. I've played elements of Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four. There's some fun stuff that I've seen gamers play and stuff and mention from time to time. But at the same point, it's pretty much the fatigue that other Ubisoft properties have had over the recent years that have prevented other gamers, including myself, to wanting to delve into the latest entries. Assassin's Creed stale for a long ass time, even though they got a lot of their various like open world elements and stuff. Odyssey was acclaimed recep- reception very yeah. well and stuff like that. I mean, Origins and stuff that was one of the first attempts they did some that differentiated itself from the whole like uh, like original like Mythos or something like that, as well as like Black Flag and stuff. I mean, Origins is when they were trying well, to ex- just go in this open Witcher world sort 3. of thing to where. Yeah, Witcher 3-esque sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, you had Assassin's Creed, you had the Ghost Recon stuff, which they completely botched up with Breakpoint and stuff after them yeah. putting out uh, them putting out Wildlands. And, honestly, a lot of people, including myself, we did find some enjoyment from playing, like, uh, Wildlands and stuff because that definitely was a fun ubisoft S sort of game. But it's the continuing issues that Ubisoft has had that they put out pretty much the same structure of games 
the same mm-hmm. type of mission structures, the same clearing points, the same locking down of territories and stuff. It's just a different, like it's just a different style in regards to property. And they well, if and it, they just put it on steroids too, where they just kind of keep making it bigger yes. and bigger. Well, yeah. Yeah. So for Far Cry Seven, I have hope that it at least will have something that will be interesting when it's first announced to where it will get that lock and feel. But I feel in order for Ubisoft to do that, they have to shake up the foundation of that franchise. Because if it's another copy and paste sort of thing that was similar to Far Cry 3 in regards to them trying to aim for that thing, it's going to sell even worse than Far Cry 6. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's like it's the thing I always talk about, and we got people talk about like sales and stuff like that. It's, it's the game after that suffers for the game before. When the game, yep. when the when you know, game X is bad, it's the follow up that that hit gets hit that takes that suffers because of the last game. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. People always talk about like their trade. Like it's the thing we've talked about, and like I hear people talk about all the time. It's like you know, Ubisoft's tracing a trend, but it's like it's hilarious because like. They created the trend, like they're yes, the ones and, that created this, and and now they're chasing the trends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you guys started this, and then like you lost your way somewhere in this trend that you guys, I mean, you guys created the modern day open world game. And yes, they, they did. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and now like, but then like like you hear about like they have like over like a dozen battle royale games in development, and another dozen uh, like games of service games development it's like I don't know I mean I hope they can figure it out because like I said there's not a lot of these big studios left they're independent um, the big uh, big publishers left I should say mm-hmm. um, they're independent um, so I, like it's people you know I, I don't understand it's always it's always fun to, to dog on the big companies and hey no one loves, no one loves dogging on big companies more than me uh, but uh, I just understand that like hey they're kind of important we kind of need them uh, so uh, yeah but uh, cables. Let's move on to some uh, other news mm-hmm. this week here. Let's talk about um, okay. a lot of some smaller stuff going on. We have uh, give me one second here. I'm trying to do time codes. Uh, there we go. Um, we have Steamworld Builder was announced. There was the the Steamworld event that uh, Thunderful Games was doing. Um, that they 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 announced it's like a 12 minute thing. They announced that uh, their their make their next game is a. Uh, SteamWorld Builder, uh, which is like a, a building game. Um, it's a, it's you, there's a demo out now on PC, um, and I think I don't I think the game is supposed to come out later this year. Um, next up here, uh, after Last of Us, the TV show started, um, sales are up over 280% for Last of Us Part One. Um, I guess the PS5 version, the PS5 remake, is up like 230%, but the PS4 remaster is up like 300 and something percent. Um, and this is mostly out of the UK. So, um, and okay, okay, yeah, so, UK. but I mean, usually like typically like for the United States and the UK, we are on the sim- similar, like our, our numbers and their numbers are fairly similar as far as like the order of which sales are. Uh, but they're just, they, yeah, as far as units sales go much smaller though. Uh, but, yeah, um, so I wouldn't be shocked if that game, if we go to, we look at January MPDs and Last of Us is in the uh, top 20. Um, 
uh, there's a Spanish leaker. I can't remember his name. I forgot to write it down. Uh, but he leaked uh, the the Metroid Dread stuff before Metroid Dread was announced. Uh, he's a Spanish-based right. uh, uh, leaker, which makes sense because uh, was it Mercury Steam is the name of that made Metroid Dread one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he you know he leaked about them uh, in the past. They're based out of Spain. Uh, he he kind of hinted that strongly hinted at Metroid Dread two is in development and as of right now set for twenty. Excuse me, 2025. Um, how do we feel about that one, Gables? Makes sense because Metroid, Metroid Dread was the most successful, yeah. like most successfully, the most yeah, successful like sales sales record, like yeah. selling Metroid game. Yeah, it broke the sales record for Metroid franchise in terms of sales, even past the original yeah. Metroid Prime. So it's like it's a no-brainer that they want to go with a sequel to that game for the Switch. But uh, also nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah. Uh, forget the Game Awards. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it got Game of the Year. Yeah. Nuts. I mean, that, like, I think last we heard it was over 3 million. Uh, but that was about a year ago last time we looked at sales numbers for that one. So I'm curious where it's at now. Um, It'll definitely be yeah. a lot more. It's probably like, I wouldn't be shocked opinion, if it's like still. around 4 or 5 at this point. Um, mm-hmm. WWE 2K23 is out March 17th. We talked about this last week that the they accidentally leaked, oh, yeah, they accidentally yeah. leaked John Cena on the cover. And uh, the date like <laughs> got posted early, and they quickly took it down. But the internet is the internet, and got pictures of it. Um, Show off. There's four different versions you can buy. I, I gotta admit, I'm not gonna buy it. I gotta admit though, that hundred dollar version with John Cena and the Thugonomics uh, cover looked pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> if it was a hundred bucks, uh, I would buy it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's coming March 17th. And they're gonna do like a John Cena career and everything. I got career mode and stuff, which looks pretty cool. Um, where he like beats all the people that beat him uh, in like key moments um all three moments uh but um <laughs> imagine he's not gonna beat cm punk though um but uh yeah uh i don't know i they, we got a little bit of gameplay not a lot but uh i don't know i mean 2k22 was really good i thought um i thought the re mystery mode was actually really done really well done and i i'd be actually really tough to the to check out the uh the john cena mode once it comes out but Definitely going to wait for a sale. What about you, Gibbs? All right. I just still need to see some more gameplay of WWE. Gibbs, just 2K look up a trailer. Just look up some gameplay of 2K22, and I imagine it's going to be the same. <laughs> just with updated rosters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand that. What I mean by gameplay, not just like the actual match stuff, I mean like the actual selection of content oh, yeah, that's yeah. inside this game, you know, because the single player stuff is always important inside of a professional wrestling game. And if this is like shit, like the past couple of iterations of the WWE 2K games and stuff that I won't want. Anything yeah. I mean, to 22 <laughs> people seem really happy with that one. And uh, 23, I'm, I'm not taking a shot for the updated roster thing. I'm the guy that plays like 300 hours of Madden every year. So I can't talk shit, uh, but uh, it, it just, it'd be, it's, it'd be nice to have a, a WWE game where, Half the roster in the the 2K game uh, wasn't fired by the time that game came out. Um, but moving on here, speaking of wrestling games, AEW uh, apparently they were wanting to release that in February, but uh, they're having an issue with the ESRB where uh, they're getting M ratings and trying to get down to a teen rating. Obviously, uh, AEW is the TV 14 show, uh, and they do more hardcore, a lot of blood, thumbtacks, you know, like a lot more hardcore st- uh, wrestling. Um, so there's a lot more blood and gore in this game than I imagine it's like Dead Space gore, but a lot more there's like blood uh, with w2k games don't do blood um they, they probably do like you know some crazier matches and stuff um 
but yeah, they're having an issue. We're trying to get that game down to a teen rating. Uh, they originally, like I said, trying to get out before in February. Uh, there's been a, some leak right before the show, actually, uh, where uh, someone showed a screenshot of uh, like uh, someone at GameStop, and there was like a, some stuff about um, there's going to be some advertising in for the game in April uh, at like local like, GameStops and stuff like that. So probably imagine oh. there's it, not maybe not April, but in the next couple months, you know, sometime in that that spring area, we might see that game finally come out. But uh, definitely feels like a case where um, like a Callisto Protocol Dead Space thing, where hopefully it's not. The, uh, you know, close post protocol and as far as like the game like play goes, uh, but like where they like this is a game they desperately wanted to get out before WWE2K comes out because WWE is just yeah, uh, it's just a far bigger even if like AW comes out and it's one of the best wrestling games of all time, WWE is just W it's it's literally thirteen times bigger as far as in uh, as scale goes and as far as uh, income and revenue and all that so, um. Hopefully, if, if that game does come out, it's probably better to come out in the summer. Give it a few months bef- after WWE is like that way. Because if it comes out, you know, April, May, the shine might still be on WWE 2K and it might just get buried. So, Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, anything you want to say that one, Gables? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I just want that game yeah. to fucking release so that way I can get a chance to play it. Because I am definitely excited to see... I'm definitely excited to see the whole the, the entire... Just the entire like uh, yeah. full product, you know. And if it releases sometime in April, like what that rumor was thinking suggested. Well, I mean, the, the, the advertising two, push I mean, would start in April, so. Well, the advertising push would start in April. Yeah, you were you're right and stuff. But if if it did release towards like say the summer of this year or like towards the early fall this year, I mean, you know, I'd be I would love to yeah. at least give it a yeah. shot. I, I've been watching. I watch AEW every week. And they've been talking about that game coming soon for almost a year now. Uh, so, uh, I'm not even kidding. It's been going on since, like, August. Uh, they've been talking, like, coming soon to all your coming favorite soon. consoles. AW Fight Forever. Um, but, yeah. Uh, speaking of games that have been coming soon for nearly 30 years, Goldeneye is finally out, Gables. Uh, it's on Game Pass. It's on Nintendo Switch expansion packs. Um, it, but, unfortunately, mm. it is just the ROM of Goldeneye. Um the uh, I, I thought the Game Pass version would at least get the HD remake that they finished, no. but Nintendo wouldn't wouldn't let them put oh, out. No. Uh, but no, it, nay, it is just I thought like, hey, Nintendo, you're getting the online, give them the remake. You know, come on, let's let's be in the middle here. Um, you guys all got to work together to like make this happen, and that didn't happen. So, uh, that is out now. It's on, like I said, it's on Game Pass. It's on uh, Nintendo Switch expansion pack. So, um, yeah, I played the first level. Uh, on Game Pass, the, the the Game Pass version at least has Twin Six, so. I'll tell you this, I try playing it I'm on sorry. the Switch, and what's interesting about that, it's like it's, it's not horrible, in terms of the control style, but uh, you know it's bad where I, you have to look up a video so you can try to look how to remap the controls and then switch the damn stick settings and have to go into the Switch menu in order to try to manipulate the pro controllers like like switch the left like motion of like this the left stick and stuff with the right stick in order to try to balance out how to make it feel like an actual modern yeah. day shooter because <laughs> i am still i never liked this back Mm-mm. in the day even when i played this on the 64 where the strafe and the movement of like going forward and backwards and stuff like that i i never got used to it 
because it felt so awkward. Even when I tried to play games, like I said, Time Splitters 2 on the GameCube, I had that same issue because here's the thing. Back then, even, in like 2002, 2003, games like Metal Arms got that fucking thing right in the terms of the twin-stick shooter, like third-person shooter and stuff, to where it felt natural with the camera yeah. and everything else. But inside of 2023, and you don't have that option for a potential launch or something, or a, or a relaunch of like a freaking game, yeah. that's preposterous. Not everyone's going to buy your freaking $50 damn con N64 controller and try to make do with your own fucking... With your own fucking, like, uh, old-school control style right here. We got twin sticks, for God's sake. It's 2023. It's modern. It's... <laughs> I, I've been recording with Gables for nearly a decade. It's very rare he gets mad at Nintendo about something. I'm enjoying this moment. Very Welcome, well, welcome to well, me. Welcome to my side, Gables. Come on over, where we just... We love Nintendo, but we bitch about them constantly. Come on over, buddy. It's a good side to live on. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like, these are the type of decisions. These are the type of decisions and stuff from time to time where I absolutely hate in regards to what options we're presented with. Of course, they had us going through. They gave us what we wanted, which was, hey, let's play some GoldenEye on the Switch online service. Or, hey, you know what? But uh, in order for us to have... The service is that we're going to get the exclusive things yeah. for the online, you know? And so the you shittiest have to, way to play online. together. You had to piece together the control styles of this game in order to play online with your friends. Probably with friends you probably haven't played GoldenEye in forever yeah. with. Or even with like with friends you have like across, across the United States or wherever and stuff. And then you're left with the experience of a split-screen multiplayer game on your screen and an online menu to where everybody knows where the fuck everybody else is at, as well as trying to manipulate their freaking... <laughs> trying to, like, try to make sense of, like, the freaking camera orientations and stuff. It's gonna be like... I'm kidding it to how if, say, you're trying to teach your parents how to play oh, a first-person shooter yeah, for the first time, right? To where... They will go through, maybe be able to move the character, but it's so hypersensitive in terms of how they move the camera. It's like every which way. It's like they don't even know how to freaking go. <laughs> That's why, and I kid you not, listeners, and those that will view this video or if we do a potential video in this regards, this is why games back in the day, especially on the 64, had options for auto-aim. Because they knew back then that you could not, you could not adequately get a precision base shot off without a freaking mouse and keyboard. Because it's like, if that option were to have been available, say, on the 64 at that time, it would have made the experience excellent. Not only just for that, but also for Perfect Dark as well. But even Microsoft, when they did Rare Replay, restructured that entire control scheme to make it feel like a modern first-person shooter. And I give a great accolade to Rare and Microsoft for allowing that to happen. And also, a big accolade thing that I would like to give to Microsoft about it is, for those that own Rare, Rare Replay digitally... Not physically, because, oh, 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 heaven forbid that you actually have the physical copy of the goddamn game. Digitally, you actually have on your list, on your library, the option to download GoldenEye 007 free of charge. 
I mean, that's freaking awesome. I mean, even if it has spotter controls, I have not played the freaking game on the Xbox, <laughs> my Xbox One, but it sucks that I can't play online with right? the game because of exclusivity stuff for Nintendo because they don't want to play ball. But you also get, well, hell, at least you have some option to go forth and finish it single-player-wise without having to struggle with the goddamn controls for about a half an hour like I did trying to play GoldenEye 007. Oh, I literally <laughs> played like about an hour of this game. I, that's the thing. I literally played about an hour of this game, and like 40 minutes of it was spent trying to meticulously rearrange how I could go and, and freaking move my character without like shooting off the like cross-eyed. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love this. It, it's funny to me that one of the most popular Nintendo games of all time um, was treated better by Xbox than Nintendo. Uh, Absolutely. It's a rare thing. It is that a rare happened. thing. Rare made it. You're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <No pun> <laughs> um, I was, this is like a top 10 okay. uh, moment for me though. Uh, Gilles, can we just submit the N64 controllers bad? Yo, oh my yes. God. Yes. yes. <laughs> I do. admit oh! that. I mean, it's a controller that we had to deal with back in the day because Nintendo did not want to fucking add another analog stick because they didn't want to get copyright things from freaking micro from playstation <laughs> during that time this is frame. the greatest moment of my life and they made <laughs> and instead of doing a twin stick stuff they go with the gamecube controller which hey i love the gamecube controller but even they had problems with trying to accurately move the camera with the damn c stick they still had to make it like the fucking c oh, buttons <laughs> this is like a i still have a lot of yeah. nostalgia <laughs> with the controller i mean oh hell this is the top 10 favorite moments in this podcast history for me uh, <laughs> oh, oh man if there's any other nintendo grievances cables don't hold back please um <laughs> but uh moving on here uh the, the, we about a couple weeks ago there was a the rumor of the discord update finally coming to playstation where you can use uh discord to chat with your friends and uh cro you know cross play mm -hmm. here um, cross console, cross platform, stuff like that. Uh, that is apparently going to happen on March eighth, so not too far out. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. finally. Uh, but Gables, I got to pee really bad. Tell me about the uh, talk about this. Kadabra is back in Pokemon Trade Card Game. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, so listeners, let's go back in time to the nineteen nineties where Pokemon was in its infancy and it had a trading card game. Long ago, there was this hypnotist, or no, this psychic, this dude, and I'm just bringing up the article here right now, but back then, Pokemon was such a popular thing that there were specific people or, like, other type of entities that are trying to, like, uh, either capitalize off of success or trying to sue Nintendo because of their likenesses being akin to, like, a certain Pokemon character. Enter in Kadabra. Kadabra is one of those Pokemon that was that was like one of those psychic type Pokemon that had dual spoons, like pretty much can move like things with its mind and all this other shit. But uh, back then, there was this one, there was this one psychic that, uh, oh God, I'm trying to find, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find the damn article here right at this moment in time. 
because I put it inside of her notes. And let's see. Oh, yes, yes. Here's the name of the person here. It was Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller was the one that uh, thought that Nintendo's portrayal of Kadabra was more akin to him because he he initially had a style that he thought was reminiscent of like what Kadabra does inside the games and the TCG and like whatever the hell. And so for that, Nintendo did not put Kadabra on the Pokemon TCG cards for like over 30 years. Now, let's put this into perspective here. So meaning that Kadabra, the Abra, Kadabra, Alakazam line and stuff. Um, well, actually, no, I think it's just Kadabra in general, which is not on any type of trading card releases since like, I want to say the original set, the original TCG stuff. I may be wrong with that, but still, it was an incredibly long time for one Pokemon card to not be printed because of other types of other types of shit. And the reasoning why it's finally coming back. Oh, okay. Okay, it's yeah. After like a 20 year absence, it's coming back in July, apparently. And the reasoning was is because Yuri Geller pretty much said he was a fool to ban it. <laughs> so it's like all these years later, he just basically just said, you know what? It's like, I, I don't understand why I'm going to fucking ban this. <laughs> you know, and just basically that's how it pretty much came back to be. But looking at the games, games radar article right here, it's like, it's like, uh, the evolution hadn't been seen in the Pokemon trading game, trading card game since 2002. Okay, so that was much later than I initially decided for. I thought it was just the initial release, but no, 2002. And Yuri Geller was an illusionist that was suing Nintendo at the time. He claimed that it was unauthorized take on his likeness. He had a change in heart in 2020. So that's why they... Like he released the ban and stuff, so now Nintendo can actually make money off of printing Kadabra cards. I know it's a little bit long-winded, but bear in mind, listeners, it's incredibly late at night. It's just one of those type of days where, yeah, here and there. But at the same time, I thought it was a fun little blurb to actually go forth and uh, talk about. Yeah. Um. Sorry, here, I was just uh, looking at the next one here. So, uh, next up here, though, Gables, U.S. Marines mm-hmm. use the Metal Gear Solid box trick to <laughs> trick AI. Um, so, oh, I heard about this a couple gosh. weeks ago. So, yeah, so, um, you know, obviously the Army building AI, stuff like that. Um, so, to test out some of the stuff, uh, guards actually hid in um, uh, cardboard boxes to to hide from AI military systems and sneak past them. Um, and yeah, they say you get nothing from video games, Gables. Um, oh, may I read an excerpt from the Twitter post okay. from this dude? Because this is absolutely hysterical for me. So basically, they the reason why... The reason why these Marines were going to, like, hardcore boxes and stuff, they were trying to fool this AI system from recognizing them, right? And so here's an excerpt that was posted on Twitter by Shashank Joshi? Joshni? Shashank Joshi, yeah, go with that one. Yeah. And so on the seventh day, I said, we're done. We're flipping it. 
Now the Marines would try to defeat the AI system. They parked the robot in the middle of a traffic circle, and the Marines had to approach it undetected starting from a long distance away. If any Marines could get all the way in and touch this robot without being detected, they would win. I wanted to see, game on, what would happen. Eight Marines. Not a single one got detected, Phil said. They defeated the AI system, not with traditional camouflage, but with clever tricks that were outside of the AI system's testing regime. Two somersaulted for 300 meters, never, like, <laughs> never got detected. Two hid under a cardboard box. You could hear them giggling the whole time. Let's see. Yeah, giggling the whole time. Like Bugs Bunny in a Looney Tunes cartoon, sneaking up on an Elmer Fudd in a cardboard box. One guy, my favorite, Phil said, he, he field-stripped a fir tree and walked like a fir tree. You can see his smile, and that's about all you can see. The AI system had been trained to detect humans walking, not humans somersaulting, hiding in a cardboard box, or disguised as a tree. So these simple tricks, which a human would have easily seen through, were sufficient to break the algorithm. <laughs> Hence why the whole U.S. Marines using cardboard boxes to sneak. <laughs> I love that. Love that. It's fantastic, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, they, you know, my mom always said you won't get anything from video games. Psh, kidding me? Tricking AI. <laughs> um, this is good to know when they eventually take over. Um Maybe hope that method still works uh, when, when Terminator becomes real. Um, yeah, I, I read that. I thought that was absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I well, the funniest part about that story is in there is that you know who was there to like the head person there for that, all that Gables? The DARPA chief. What? <clears throat> Which, that's a Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> Uh, reference yes. free people. Yeah, the he was the one you. there to supervise the whole thing. Um, which makes it even funnier. Uh, but moving on here, Gables. Um, we got reviews finally for Forspoken and Dead Space that we talked about. Uh, last week, yep. you and I, we had a little competition of who, who can get the closest yep. in our uh, open critic uh, scores. Uh, well, Gables, okay. um, you were wrong. You son of a bitch. Dead Space. Mm -hmm. You said 77. I said 86. A 90. That surprised 90. the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, the, the original game, I think it was an 84. I figured it'd be a little higher. That's why I hit it. I said 86, but mm -hmm. did not expect a 90. Forspoken Gables, you said 65. I said 74. And I admittedly was, was, I even said time. I'm just trying to be optimistic about this game. The 70. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very close. We basically <laughs> cut that one right down the middle on that one. We pretty much cut yeah. that one down the middle in that regards, but I'll just say this. I'm completely surprised by the Dead Space remake because we've seen aspects before where remakes can go horribly wrong and EA does not have a good track record when it comes to like a lot of recent releases. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I think they're getting better. I, you know, uh, it, it takes two and Star, uh, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, definitely been getting, I think like, we're, we're starting to see a big change from them. Uh, on on that side of things, where there's you know, we're, we're I mean, obviously they still have Madden, FIFA, all that shit. But Gables, I want you to uh, do me a favor. I want uh. you to apologize to my copy of Forspoken for giving it a 65. 
Yeah, it's not Put some respect on, it, on its name. The, the game of the year for 2023 for Spoken. <laughs> Apologize. Oh, <laughs> uh, this comes from the same man that went through and say after you saw High Fire Rush, is like, well, fuck for Spoken. I did not say that. There's no proof. There's no proof of that. I'm going to have to cut that out. Right. I forgot I did that. I, I, you think I don't watch, but I watch. This is why I shouldn't record everything I do. Um, I, I, I think your words point blank was like, well, yeah, Spoken is fucked. I threw my copy of the game across the room. Yeah, that was, was that hard. Um, you know, Gables, I was in the, I was in, it was in the moment. I can't, I can't, can't expect me to be uh, 100 all the time. Uh, it's exhausting. Uh, no, don't throw, don't throw my arguments in my face. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, but last but not least here, Gables, uh, there's been some, uh, more murmurs here that, um, mm -hmm. there might be a Nintendo direct here soon, uh, early February. Um, mm -hmm. obviously, always take that show with a grain of salt, but I will say. Yep. Typically, when like key people, now obviously there's always like Reddit, so, like you can go on there, you can always find rumors of a Nintendo Direct. But I feel like when you see certain people talking about um, Directs, I would say almost every single time they are correct. Uh, but the, the only thing with Nintendo Direct sometimes is like they hear a Direct, but they can never say if it's a full blown Direct, maybe it's an indie Direct, maybe it's a third party mm -hmm. Direct, maybe it's a mini Direct. Right. It could be there's 17 style directs nowadays, um, but uh, yeah. So apparently uh, we, we might be hearing about one of those, maybe next week, maybe early next week. We might, we might get some news about one. I personally hope if we, if we can do it anywhere between the sixth and the tenth, because I'm off that week, I'd really appreciate yeah. it. So I can be home and watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm obviously you know directs are always must watch TV, must watch streaming, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you know, we don't really have any idea about what's coming. We have after, uh, tears of the kingdom, what we got Pikmin four and there's the, f uh, fire emblem, uh, remake that is, uh, apparently in the works or possibly done that could be coming out either later this year or most likely next year. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, like in Metro Prime four, that's all we have. So yeah, I mean, Gail's how you feel about a direct looks like. Potentially in the next week or two. It's a strong possibility that it may be within a week or two. I mean, Nintendo's in line. They usually do have a February Direct in regards to yeah. showcasing some new releases or some. There's also little key elements to where this past week people that have been keeping track of uh, specific games that have been updating of the eShop yeah. have noticed yeah. like changes in regards to Legend of Zelda. Was Advanced Wars, the Kingdom, I think, was in And there Advanced well? Wars yeah. Reboot Camp. So yeah. it's it could be likely that we could see elements of both of those games showcased in the next Nintendo Direct. Yeah. That's just speculation at this point. Yeah. But uh, what I would personally like to see, I would love to see this Nintendo Direct have clear updates upon not just Reboot Camp, because that game, I it's been done for a hell of a long time. There's physical copies literally sitting in warehouses for over a year now. For nearly yeah, exactly a year now. the point. Yeah. I want to play that damn game. Yeah. I want some Advance Wars. Gables, but, uh, I paid that game off in June 2020. No, 2021. I paid for that game. My copy's oh my in a God. warehouse somewhere. I want it. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I'm hoping to see updates in regards to Advance Wars. Maybe in regards to Metroid. I'm 
I'm going to be like real here. I'm not sure if they will showcase updates for Metroid, but I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be like, just have my expectations low. I want to at least see some updates for Advance Wars Reboot Camp. Metroid Re- but Metroid Prime Remake. In terms of the date, I mean, Nintendo could do early February. They could also do like towards the end of the month, or they could just do something entirely different altogether. I mean, you can't really rule out those yeah. possibilities. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nintendo, has, ever since you know, Reggie retired and Iwata passed, uh, they've kind of really, really post-Reggie, uh, like, um, they've always had, the, we, we know their tendencies. There's always the January-February direct. There was the mm-hmm. E3 direct, and there's, like, the September direct, were like, the three big ones. And then you maybe get the smaller ones in between there, but the, the big three were always then. Uh, and I would say the last three years, four years, uh, they have broken that tendency where, yeah, well, sometimes we'll go. I mean, it's just been pretty random. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I hope maybe, maybe we get back on track on tendencies, you know, post-COVID and all that. And then, uh, But also, you know, we're at this, we're essentially, we're really at the, I mean, who knows when the next Switch is going to happen or the next Nintendo whatever will be. But uh, we're at the end of that, we're at the end of the generation um, here. You know, we've got another year, probably year, year and a half at most with this thing. Um, so maybe they're just going to wait until, um, the next thing is out and announced where they start showing off new games, but, uh, I don't know. And it's why they're racking up production in regards to the switch system, Which even is though weird. it's, it's only six years in. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, we're going into, I guess it would be year eight and on, you know, after, um, you know, after March. So, uh, on the market. So yeah, it's weird. Cause like they're going to make more switches next fiscal year than they did this fiscal year, which is crazy. So. That tells me yeah. that we're probably not going to get a new Switch until late next year, So, which sucks. Yeah. Because I just give, me, just give me a Switch with backwards compatibility. But, uh, Gables, we're going long here. Let's go yeah. into what we've been playing. Um, I've only been playing really one game. Uh, like I said, I bought Forspoken. I got Hi-Fi Rush. But those two I want to save uh, until I go on vacation uh, next week because, um, yeah, or I want to you know, need something to do in these uh, – it's February. It's cold. All that fun shit. But uh, Gables, I've been playing Dead Space remake. Um, how long? How long? Yeah. How long have you been playing it? A little over seven hours. Uh, I'm uh, a little over seven hours. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so I'm, you're much further than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm close. I'm at the very last part of chapter eight or chapter seven. So I'm Good. pretty close to chapter eight here. Um. Yeah. Uh, I love Dead Space one, two. And two, two more than one. Uh, you know, one was survival horror. Two was more actiony, but still survival horror. Three was Resident Evil Five. Uh, and I still defend Resident or Resident Evil Dead Space Three, even though I admit it's a it's a bad Dead Space game, but it's still a good. It's a, it's a, it's a solid seven point five out of ten game. It's just it's a five out of ten Dead Space game. If that makes sense. Um, and I like the chain. Like they made like this isn't just a straight remake and this isn't i'm not saying this isn't like final fantasy 7 remake either but uh it's closer to that than it is a, a dead space uh 08 remake uh or a dead space 08 game uh you know where they've actually expanded upon you know the ishimura uh there's new areas they there's like you know, clearance levels there's different rooms to go in there's different like there's things you can't get in. you have to get clearance levels like there's one two three and, ma- and maximum i believe yeah. is the fourth one um and everything, it's a met. They turn into just a Metroidvania. Um, yes, they so did. So I really like that. Like they, they changed the story as well. Where now Isaac talks. He didn't talk in the first one. He only talked two and three. They brought back the original voice actor, which is really cool. Um, 
and they actually changed the story around where in the first game, like, um, is it Unitology? I think is the name of the religion. I can't remember what it is. Uh, something like that though. Uh, where you really didn't, and I, if I remember correctly, cause I, I, I beat Dead Space when it first came out in 08 and then I replayed it again right before Dead Space 2, I believe came out like 2010. I want to say maybe, um, so it's been, it's been, you know, it's been about close to 13 years now. Um, but they've changed around the storyline where like the, 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 the religions, all the stuff with the marker and everything. Like, um, I'm not gonna try to spoil anything, but, and, and the first, like you learn about that shit early on in, in Dead Space Remake. So that's not really a spoiler. Like they talk about that literally like the beginning of the game. Uh, in the first game, the original game, you didn't learn about that shit until like, I, if I remember correctly, the very end of that game. Uh, so definitely changing the storyline mm. around a little bit, kind of like Resident Evil Two. Actually, I would say it's close to Resident Evil Two, the, the the Resident Evil remakes, and then then the you know like if you're gonna compare the remakes one to one here, um, you know like they're changing around the storyline, but which I like, you know, especially the fact that Isaac talks. He doesn't talk a lot. Uh, it's not goofy. It's not bad. Like it, I think it's very, it's really good. Uh, he's not, you know, it's like people were. I heard people were concerned about it, um, and it he it works totally fine. Uh, it actually makes more sense because it's like I always think that the silent protagonist thing is always kind of weird in games, um, especially when there's voice acting, it makes it even weirder. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the you know, like I said I like the changes. Um, I like what they did with like in the like in the first game where like there's zero gravity sections where like you can float around, you can actually like, but you can like actually like free f- flow around areas in, in this game. Uh, but like in the original one, like uh, in Dead Space One, you had to like like kind of look at where you wanted to like go and you like kind of like almost like point and shoot mm-hmm. and then like you launch to that area and you go back and that's how you moved around the zero gravity and this one like in this one like death space 2 change it where like you can free flow around and this added that as well um the gameplay is fantastic um it's more dead Sp- i would say it's more is. dead space 2 than one or it's more actiony than uh dead space one what the original dead space one was but it's still it's from horror like i'm always um Every shot, every bullet matters. I play the game on regular difficulty and medium. Um, but, like, I'm definitely, like, I've always got bullets, but I'm always, like, I'm not, like, flush with bullets. I, I always have room in my inventory, but I'm never, like, I never have a ton of room in my inventory. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I love, like, I love, like, they have, they had, like, side quests, stuff like that, that kind of, like, add to the narrative. I love that stuff. I love, um, like, the, 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 like, the, the vo- first game had voice logs and text logs, but, like, um, there's... It, they just kind of built this the world of like the story of the Ishimura more than before, where like it it feels, you know, like obviously like it's up there with like um, Spencer Mansion and Resident Evil One, I think, uh, in like in the Dead Space One, and I feel like they've really added to it, um, you know, like I said, like with with the uh, extended voice logs, te- like the text logs you can find, the the side missions, learning more about what happened in some of these areas. Um, I really think I think like overall like all the additions they've done are additions. They're and like they're actually like really well made additions. They're not just like let's tap what's the what's not you know they're not just shoving in a couple more hours of like optional gameplay or like to make this game longer. They are actually like this stuff actually you you could skip if you if you don't if you want to, but it's not just force fed in there to like you know make this game artificially longer. Like this stuff is actually well made. The, the the side quests are actually pretty well done. The the, the way that the uh, the map actually like kind of feeds into each other. Like I mean, it's it's a really well made Metroidvania game where like all like you, the, all these all these locked doors you can't you couldn't get to before. Now all of a sudden like you can 
just get in totally fine or like like oh my god like i i'm here now like how the fuck did i i you know like i uh how the fuck did i get here like it's like oh shit like now i'm i'm at the i'm in the mining area or i'm in the engineering or whatever it's like like it's like oh it's right here before like you know before like getting there was like a, a, a journey now it's just like now you're here um so yeah like i i think uh like i said the changes they made have been really well done um yeah so i'm blown away it is better i mean like i was concerned a little bit like not like overly concerned about it but like a little concerned about it um uh, sorry I'm, I gotta, I'm fixing my obs here it's kind of acting funny on me for audio listeners but um yeah like i like i said like i heard earlier making changes to it there's like a i guess like a a secret ending you can get i don't know what it is i don't know what's going to add but uh yeah i I've, I've just been blown away it's like you know i, I talk about like I, I don't understand what comes to protocol like i feel like got um kind of railroaded a little bit more than it should have been um but like i i you know i was lucky not i played on the playstation where that was like the one version that was actually like seemed like it was done it wasn't like and like where like the xbox version and the pc version were like buggy messes and stuff and um, the PlayStation version was actually like sounds like complete for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I it's just like man, like no, like th- I, it's just been it was it's just been too long for me since I had played played a really great survival horror game uh, because this just blows that way. Where like I I mean like even though it's it could be it's kind of scary at points, uh, I am. I, I'm I'm so hooked to like I want to keep exploring I want to like oh I'm gonna go I'm gonna like I'm going from section to section I'm like I want to like you know like you can hit the R3 button and it'll show you like the path to get to like your next area that you need to go to um and it's like I love that because like the second game had that Dead Space 2 had that the, you know Dead Space 1 didn't I love that because I'll hit that and like okay I'm supposed to go I'm supposed to go right but I can also go left so I'm like I'm gonna go left now instead of right because I can go explore so like I'm finding I'm going to like every crane I'm going to every room I can get into uh, I'm, you know, as like I'm, I'm upgrading clearances and stuff like that, I am going back and I'm, I'm exploring the areas that I, I couldn't get into before, uh, with, with, cause I, you know, like there's all these rooms and shit you can get to. Some of the annoying stuff though was like, um, uh, there are like random lockers you can't get into, uh, which I kind of don't like. I kind of like, you know, just like, just make doors I can't get into cause it kind of sucks cause like you can look on your map and see what doors you couldn't like that are now open that, are, that aren't before, but I can't look on the map and see like there's this locker or this random like drawer or something I couldn't open before. Like that didn't show up on the map. So I was like, now I'm like, okay, well did I get everything in this room? So like, now I'm, I'm like, that's the one like frustration I have. It's like, I'm backtracking. I'm wasting time because now I'm backtracking to areas. In this case like, well, did, maybe I missed something here. Maybe I should go look over here. Cause I'm there. I couldn't open this form. Maybe I could open it now. And it's like, Oh, I've already, I've got everything here. So I've definitely wasted a lot of time doing that. I kind of wish I was like, that was like, like kind of like how the Resident Evil remakes do where like the, I don't maybe and maybe they do and I just missed it, but like in the original remakes, like when you look on the map, it'll change colors once you found everything in it. I think it changes like the the map turns blue in that room, meaning you 100% of that room. I wish this game did that as well, because like I feel like I uh, like I said, I, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting a lot, I, not a ton of time, but I probably wasted a good you know 45 minutes of this uh, of my game time uh, just wandering around unnecessarily. Uh, then you also like because like the game is um you know like it's not just like standard like okay there's always a guy here there's always a guy there like backtracking 
enemies pop up randomly. So it's like I'm now I'm like not only I'm like just walking around not finding resources and wasting my time. Now I'm using resources because I'm in, I'm getting in gunfights and or I'm using health because I got hit shit like that. So, uh, but whatever. It's not like it's a, these are like it's a, it's a, they're nitpicks at this point. But yeah, um, play Dead Space. Uh, fucking love it. Uh, can't wait to get back to it. Uh, probably honestly, if if Royal Rumble wasn't tonight, I probably would have beat the game today. Um, so yeah, but Gables, uh, what have you been playing, buddy? Well, to piggyback off of the Dead Space stuff, I did play a little over an hour, like about an hour, 20 minutes or so of Dead Space on Chapter 2. I'm definitely loving the visual styling of it. I love the pace, the atmosphere of it, how they were able to recreate the feel and also improve upon the pacing and like the tense atmosphere that the original Dead Space had. I love the improvements in regards to the gameplay portion and especially like the additions in regards to being interactable for certain parts, like with certain objects and stuff in the beginning portion of the game. I'm already noticing those boxes that were in the previous game, like inside the original game and stuff you couldn't break or you couldn't get into certain lockers. You can do that now and you can actually gather more credits and more like ammo stuff. It was that was cool. I love that aspect of it because I was able to upgrade certain things faster than what I would have normally do in that case and scenario i actually have like the level two suit currently i was predominantly focusing upon the uh, plasma cutter i got the other weapon not too long ago from that one marine that died but is it the, f- at the, is same... it the ripper or the flame thrower I, I think it's the ripper okay. or something like that i think it's the ripper but uh yeah i definitely have loved going through each section, each corridor and stuff, and either getting flanked from behind from necromorphs or, like, just being, like, trying to get these random jump scares. I already knew about how some necromorphs could, like, pretend to be dead on the ground yeah. or something, just walk next to them or something like that, and they just pop up to life and do all those other, like, hide-and-flank sort of S type of stuff. The only time I actually died in this game so far is because I went off the beaten path and went into the biochemistry lab instead of going to the main thing and going into like uh getting into a situation to where i'm facing four or five of those freaking necromorphs at one point with uh, my plasma cutter because <laughs> uh well i didn't use the plasma cutter i used the new weapon thing and oh okay this will this will definitely uh mow down these things and like i'm like no <laughs> no it just basically took a little bit more in regards to aiming this thing but the power of it was not as good as like what the plasma cutter was for the damage improvement node that I put in it and like the capacity stuff I'm playing so far. And with that, you know, I could not get to fire and engage because I literally was playing this game, you know, fire Emblem, not this dead space remaster and like remake and stuff on top of a couple other games that I wanted to focus upon to get them out of the way before even starting on, either Dead Space or Fire Emblem Engage, I finished up a couple different Mega Man games, Mega Man 4, Mega Man 5. I wanted to get those out of the way first. And for Mega Man 6, I've beaten all the Robot Masters originally. I just need to go through the wide, like the uh, Dr. X stages or like all these other, the final stages in regards to finishing up that game. From my initial impressions going through, like Mega Man 4 and 5, 4, it's a good game at the same time, but it's not as strong as, say, some of the other games I played before. If I had to rank it at that point, I'd put 
Mega Man 4 at the bottom, then 1, then 3, and then 2 being the top. After playing Mega Man 5 and stuff, Mega Man 5 was definitely a good improvement in regards to just the weapon selection, the way you can go and start and beat a lot of the different enemies with just the regular Mega Buster was definitely fun. Like, that whole element to where you have... uh, you're facing off against Proto Man, like supposedly Proto Man going rogue and all this other stuff, and then going through extra stages beyond that. Little fun fact in regards to the Mega Man games for the NES, it always goes back to Dr. Wily in some form. <laughs> but uh, in regards to the the variety, the variety of the Robot Masters and how fun some of those weapons were, I mean, I definitely would say this is like right below Mega Man 3 in terms of my enjoyment. So it's like, my so in regards to the original six so far Mega Man 2 is definitely the one I enjoy the most because that one that was my first Mega Man game that I really got a good use of just wanting to play over and over again uh, over and over again the original's fun and stuff but it's like lowered down the list so it's like two three five then you have the original and then four but like I was saying I'm still going to be finishing up Mega Man 6 fairly soon I wanted to get it done before the end of the month, at least, because I know I'm not going to return back to that thing if I continue more with other games. But uh, the one I did finish this week was that Pikachu I had in Pokemon Yellow. That one had me go like about 13 and a half hours at least inside of this playthrough because I knew for a fact I would not be able to speed run through this game and try to beat the Elite Foreign Champion at like a lower level. And let me tell you, this was definitely a hard mode t- style of run. The ones that I had the most difficulty were were against people like trainers that had rock type Pokemon. So obviously Brock was difficult. Obviously the fights with Giovanni was difficult from Team Rocket. His Rhyhorn, his freaking like, uh, oh God, Rhydon and stuff like that. And even Nido King and Nido Queen towards the end portion of that game. The last time I faced off against Giovanni for that final gym battle. Yeah, that was tough as well. But in regards to Pikachu's moves in Pokemon Yellow, you definitely have some more options in regards to what you can use. But you're pretty much left to try to think of creatively how to get around certain Pokemon because of them like pretty much blocking your path in terms of advancement. Brock was such a gym leader that did that for the early game. I had to level up Pikachu to level 19 in order to even have enough damage to get rid of Geodude and Onix, even though they were like two levels lower than they were in red and blue. Misty was fine. Surge was fine. Like uh, Erica was fine going through those gym terrain, just those gym leaders and stuff. Thinking on one night stand, I went through like, complete the Lavender Town stuff, beat Erica the gym leader, and then go through Saffron City and just beat this, like the whole Splish company and stuff with the split rocket takeover of the Splish company. But, uh, gosh, let's see. Rival number five for, yeah, rival number five battle and stuff was hard, was definitely hard because of Sand Slash. Let me tell you something. Inside Red and Blue... Your rival would lead off with either a Pidgeotto or, like, Pidgeot, depending upon what portion of the game. Inside of Yellow, it's a Sand Slash. And let me tell you something. Sand Slash don't mess around, because this thing is bulky, and this thing can hit you hard with Earthquake. 
<laughs> and uh, to be perfectly honest, it was definitely one of those Pokemon that kept on appearing throughout my entire playthrough, and especially at the end with the final battle against Blue. It took me, it took me like a good seven attempts to beat the Elite Four and Champion to actually beat Pokemon Yellow. And what was interesting about that is I had to come out with a move set to beat those. So what I ended up doing was taking it back a little bit to the Giovanni fight. I had to have Pikachu learn Reflect. I had Thunder. I had Body Slam. And I had Double Team. All these moves, I probably, you know, for the vast majority of these moves, I wouldn't have normally used. Double Team for upping my evasion, like Thunder. Even though it's like a 70% hit rate, meaning I guarantee to at least miss about three times out of ten. <laughs> I hate that type of statistic, but that's why I've always used moves like Thunderbolt or Flamethrower over the bigger power moves because they're more reliable. Okay, but with Giovanni, I would open up with Reflect and I would be able to whittle down things in regards to taking out some of his uh, harder type of Pokemon. I still think, when I think about it, I got Pikachu up to the late 60s, early 70s before I beat Giovanni. I decided to do a bit of grinding in regards to beating all the other NPCs I could. From my knowledge, I think I beat every single NPC before going off to the Elite Four and Champion, collecting all the rare candies that I did throughout my journey. I collected about a total of 10. I think there's like 12 in all hidden throughout that game, but I managed to find most. I was, like, in the early 70s. I defeated the first member of the Elite Four fairly easily. She usually has water and ice-type Pokemon, so that wasn't a difficult task. What was a difficult task was facing off against Bruno because he starts off with Onyx, and literally, by using Body Slam, it'll only do, like, maybe a little chunk of damage. We're talking about a level 53 Pokemon and stuff. My Pikachu's already, like, in the 70s, but it cannot do any freaking physical damage because of how high up Onyx's uh, defense was. So that forced me to try to be a little bit more creative in terms of my move choices. So what I ended up having to do is I changed... I got rid of Reflect. I actually taught... Uh, oh, God. I actually taught a move... I, I No, I re-taught Pikachu Thunderbolt because I saved a bunch of different TMs with the moves that I'd have. So got Thunderbolt. I decided to delete another move for the... Fighting move submission, which does damage to Pikachu, and then like I kept, I think I kept like a double, like double team and stuff, and then another move in that regard. So I think, yeah, I just kept Thunder there just because of like a option or something like that up until like the final battle. But uh, using submission to take out his Onyx, both of his Onyx and stuff, that was the key thing that I needed to do for that for that battle, Agatha. The third member of the Elite Four, Agatha and stuff, those ghost-type Pokemon, I learned real quick, it didn't matter whether I was in the early 70s or if I was used all my rare candies inside the 80s and stuff, I could not one-hit KO either of Gengars with, like, freaking Thunder. So I deleted that freaking Thunder move for, like, Mimic and uh, kept Thunderbolts. I consistently, even throughout all my runs, I consistently got through the first three Elite Four members. Lance was the one that was the most difficult, and the reason why is because of fucking Aerodactyl. And let me tell you, Aerodactyl, rock flying type, never use a normal type move against freaking Aerodactyl because it's resistive, and 
if you cannot beat it within either a hit or two, it'll, it'll just take you out with hyper beam. <laughs> so what I ended up having to do is teach Pikachu a move I never usually use, and that's Mimic. And what does Mimic do in Generation 1? It allows you to choose one of four of uh, your opponent's moves. So in this case, I decided to copy Lance's second Dragonair because it knows the move Ice Beam. So I copied Ice Beam, and I used Ice Beam to not only take out Aerodactyl in one hit, but also took out his Dragonite in one hit. That took me about three attempts in order to, three or four attempts in order to figure out, oh, hey, I don't use Mimic on the first Dragonair or on Gyarados. I just use another third one and just do it that way. And even after I figured out how to do that, I still lost to the freaking champion the first time because of the freaking Sand Slash. But it was a bunch of, like, trial and error stuff. I basically got Pikachu up to, like, 91. 91 is the level that I used in order to get to the Elite Four and champion and stuff. And uh, I literally had to go forth finally and break a few rules that I had posed upon myself. One, I healed in the middle of the final battle with full restore and stuff because I got to his I got to his nine tails. I look at this thing, it's like, you know what? You know what? Fuck this. I'm used to full restore. Like, fuck you. You're not knocking me out with this damn nine tails. So I'm <laughs> so I go ahead, I knock out his nine tails with a good solid thunderbolt. And then the last Pokemon's Jolteon. Because I've been beating the rival I beat the rival all throughout the thing. And so how many times you win or lose against the rival in Pokemon Yellow determines the final Pokemon, which is either one of the three evolutions, Jolteon, Flareon, or Vaporeon. If you keep consistently winning repeatedly against the rival, he'll automatically have Jolteon. Whereas if you lose every bit, it'll have Flareon as the last one. Or if you do a balance of like win-lose, you'll get Vaporeon as the final thing. It it's It was kind of like a weird thing back then, but... Uh, you know, to say, Jolteon was incredibly easy to knock out with Pikachu because at that point I'm like, okay, well, time to use submission and then like just go through with that. And that's how I ended up beating Pokemon Yellow with just Pikachu. <laughs> it was definitely not something I would recommend to somebody if you don't have a lot of patience and also if you don't like using Pikachu in general. But I've always wanted to do this since I was a kid. I had Pokemon Yellow when it first came out. My mom bought me the limited edition like Game Boy Color alongside of Pokemon Yellow. I was kind of hilarious back in the day because uh, <laughs> because that was the only way I could actually play Pokemon Yellow back then. I really wanted Pokemon Yellow. So, okay, I'm going to buy you this Game Boy and stuff. And all of a sudden, like about a couple weeks later, mom looks inside. They had a copy of Pokemon Yellow. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much... That is what I had been playing this week. And at the same time, man, it's like I, I will get to games like Fire Emblem and like play more Dead Space. I will finish up Mega Man 6. I just need to get my times and get everything else all balanced in a row. And I'm going to get it all done. <laughs> all right. Well, very cool, Gables. Um, I get it. I, I've been, I was like, I've been in a gamer, like gaming funk. I always go into a like, gaming funk. Uh, like end of like end of the year, beginning of the next year, and yep. it's like I think Dead Space finally kind of got me out of that funk. So uh, sometimes you it just takes a, sometimes you just need a good game to get you out of that funk. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, 
Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like all that, please, like I said, at the top of the show, please look in the description down below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever uh, we are on them, please like, follow, subscribe, five stars, reviews, share, tell your friends, uh, look down in the description, click those links, Go to, uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, really, like I said, really, really appreciate it if you do all that for us. Um, but I've been your host. I've been Tyler. I've been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, Gables. Yep. Apologize. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Let's not say we did. I won't. Forspoken <laughs> game of the year. Bye, guys. See ya.